Oh, what's cracking, lovely people? Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. This is season four, episode one. I'm your host. My name's Matt Gardner. I've been a nutrition practitioner for 10 years. I started in rugby and ultra endurance sports. I've moved into corporate wellness, health coaching, digital health care. I still am passionate about working with people in the endurance exercise space under Matt Gardner Nutrition. So fueling, fitter, faster, stronger, anything from recreational running to signing up to mad things like Ironmans, ultramarathon races. I can be a soundboard over 15 minutes or you can work with me one or four over time. So if you like the show, please share it with someone. It's the only way the show will grow. And we've been supported from the off and it's brilliant to work with them, 33 Fuels. So you can find the link to 33 Fuels website on and in my show notes. And you can get Matt 10. You can get Matt 10. That makes no sense. You can claim 10% off your first order with Matt 10 at checkout. So 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. And this year, yes, in January 2022, they have launched a best meal replacement product full of healthy fats, plant-based protein, uh, slow-release carbohydrates, naturally powerful in antioxidants, uh, anti-inflammatories. So get over there, check out what they're doing, take a look at this best real replacement shake and I hope you find something useful. I've used their chia seed energy gels, their natural energy drink, their protein powders for years. I use the gels and the energy drink for my ultramarathon races. They taste great to me, they sit well, so it's all good stuff. And look, if you find something useful, that is all I want. Check it out, Natural Sports Nutrition. So today I'm speaking with Laura Leslie, who's a registered nutritional therapist and health coach. Laura completed an MA in business management at the University of Glasgow and then moved to Aberdeen and worked in recruitment. Um, Herself and her husband then moved to Melbourne with jobs in 2008 um, out there and working, pressures of all that. We're going to get into it and uh, it took a, a toll on her health. Laura met a naturopath in Melbourne who uh, helped her basically piece together um, bits and bobs of her lifestyle, um, help her step back and take that 30,000 foot view. And then Laura moved back to the UK in 2011 and studied at a college called the College of Naturopathic Medicine in London. Um, Also in 2019, Laura studied a counselling skills course to better support her clients with their emotional health. So Laura offers one-to-one packages, four weeks, six weeks. She's also the host of a couple of podcasts. Um, The first one, What About You? And the second one is new and it's called Progress in Mind and Body. I can't wait to catch up with her. We used to be colleagues together as well. So I bring you this fantastic conversation with Laura Leslie. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Oh, it's brilliant to have you on. Brilliant to have you on. And yeah, we're just comparing notes in terms of uh, yeah how Baltic it is at the moment. So I think it was frosty this morning with us in London. But how about yourself? You're up in Aberdeen. Is it is it Baltic? It's actually quite mild for this time of year. But I think most people would think it was really cold. I I haven't checked the temperature because I just walked up to drop my girls off at school this morning. But no, no frost. And I had a run this morning with no hat 
and no gloves so that shows you that it actually wasn't <laughs> yeah and we both share that in common getting up and, and running so for you just quickly to let listeners know you know how important is that to you to start your day when you're going out and you're in the, the countryside and just uh, out on your own kind of um, hitting some of the trails and things just probably the most important thing for me to get that headspace um to kind of sort my day out to kind of file away what the morning has been like because mornings getting two little ones off to school is quite frantic get them off to school get a dog walk done and then it's just me time it's never really for very long because like you had straight back and straight onto calls and things but it's just even 15-20 minutes of a reset is what I need pretty much every morning. So have you had to work on getting to bed earlier to then wake up earlier or have you always been someone that can wake up and you know get out you know the value of your run so you want to do that before the family you know take over your commitments so how how have you kind of fostered that? I um I get to bed really early and I think always have done um, and yeah, I'm, I'm up pretty sprightly. I, because I, I would love to be able to run before I got them to school, but knowing I was running to have to rush back to get them to school, my head would be on having to come back, if that makes any sense. Um, the weekends, I just I love just getting up and going before the rest of the house kind of starts moving. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I've always been up early. Um, I, even whenever I was in my 20s and that, Thinking back, I was always up and away to the gym early. Mm. It's really boring now, doesn't it? Mm. No, but we're wired differently. I'd say the same. I'll start to shut down unless it's anything socially. And my wife knows yeah. that after eight eight I'm you know, I'm useless to, to to no man nor dog, so I kind of will just start slowly creaking and falling asleep <laughs> and then boom, you know, I wake up and ready to go out of bed and you know, it's not for everyone and I think I've worked with people in the past who you know they get annoyed at themselves because of this kind of wake up and get going mentality and they and they're a little bit more kind of you know the lark type and they want to stay up later and, and wake up later but you just have to see um what works for you and then like you said going to bed earlier and have, having the energy and wanting to get up and run once once kids are dropped off and how that kind of centers your day that sounds perfect yeah. i think some people really well a lot of my clients and i'm sure yours would be the same really treasure their night time and you know going to bed as early as we probably do they might feel that they're missing out on some precious time to themselves and whether that's reading or having a bath or watching something on Netflix or whatever they really treasure that time so you know I think the worst thing I could do would be to say to them stop doing that and try to go to bed at at half past nine, ten o'clock, or actually that's their their time, you know. Mm. Yeah, so I'm meeting them where they are. Different. Of course. Yeah, so I'm meeting them where they are, isn't it? And then like you said, where are the where are the small tweaks and inroads and I oh, can't wait to get into that and how, you know, you obviously work with people one to one and that's something we'll touch on in a bit. But I think yeah, I just want to reverse things back because there's quite a lot to unpack and it'll be brilliant to hear, obviously, um you're such an experienced practitioner. I know we're always learning and growing but if we bring things back to the start for you where that journey um, in nutrition really began um, and obviously a lot of the why too so I've let some of the listeners know in the intro a bit a bit more about you and obviously they can follow I'll put all the social media um, bits and bobs and things in the show notes too but you you started in business management so it's quite it's very different to 
to naturopathic nutritional therapy. So I think it'd be great for you to fill the gaps and, and you know, we learn more about your story to begin with from there. Yeah, well, uh, I, I just think it's 17, 18, choosing your A-levels and then choosing your first degree. I think if you find your niche and find your passion at that age, amazing. Like, I just think that would be, yeah, I wish I had in a way, but then I'm glad I didn't. I, you know, I don't regret the path that I took. Um, but I had no way, I had no real passion at that stage. I was pretty good at economics. I did okay at my maths A-levels. So I just went and did a business management degree. Um, but I don't regret it. I think it, it obviously taught me a lot. And um, so I moved then to Glasgow to do that. And then met my husband at university and he, he did an engineering degree and he's from Aberdeen. So got a job in oil and gas. So I followed him up to Aberdeen. Um, much to his regret, I think sometimes, but he, hmm. yeah. And then I, I just started working in recruitment because I needed to get a job and loved it. And, you know, that ultimately took us to work. Both our jobs then took us to Australia. We were really, really lucky that both our companies relocated us to, to Australia. But I think for me, I'm quite a pressurized person on myself. So I have, and I, less so now but it's obviously always going to be ingrained in you but certainly at the time working in such a high pressure environment for my health was not good so we worked and i'm sure you know a few people who've worked in recruitment or work in recruitment it's quite a pressurized environment um, and i put up sorry some dog obviously here's something inside um yeah, I worked hard, probably played hard. Um, and, well, no, I, we definitely did. And yeah, it wasn't good for me or my body. But then we moved to Australia and living out there and that lifestyle, it really started making me kind of think about what I was doing. And I exercised a lot, um, but I never... It was more because that's what I should have done, you know, as opposed to what is it, how is it benefiting me? I never really paused and took that moment on myself and my body, um, which as soon as I met a naturopath and started working with a naturopath out there, I was like, ah, and just all the, everything just kind of fell into place for me. And that's where my, yeah, bit of a light bulb moment for me at that stage. That's yeah. interesting. Was it quite natural for you to to travel and take yourself out of your comfort zone so you moved you know you moved up um obviously it makes sense to be be with your husband and work in a different environment you then moved around you know across the world so is that something have you always have you always kind of um wanted to seek adventure or were you like you said um because you're driven in your professional career and the opportunity came of course you were going to go and you wanted to be the best you can be so you know where where do you think that came from because it's a lot you know not a lot of people take that step to work abroad people talk about it but they don't do it and you and you experienced it lived it got stuck in you know worked hard played hard stepped back and took that thirty thousand foot view with that naturopath but where do you think that came from are you quite an adventurous person by heart that's a good that's a really good question and i don't think i've ever really thought about it too too much I think my, like Andy, my husband, we just, 
wherever we were, we felt like stable, if that makes any sense. So while I was with him, it didn't matter whether we were in Aberdeen or we were in Melbourne. It was like essentially cheesy, but it felt like home. So we were on the adventure together. So it was never scary. Like I never felt, you know, we moved to Melbourne not knowing anybody. It was just the two of us. So Andy's sister lives in in Perth. But you know, like that's the other side of the country. But we, it was just us. And we put, you know, we met a lot of people through our works and we, we met other friends who we're still really, really close with now. But that a sense of adventure was never scary because we did it together. And I would, maybe if it, if it would have been something I would have done myself, maybe it would have been. I never saw it as a big, um, massive step, you know? Mm. So the partnership, the kind of partnership side of things, like mm-hmm. you said, it didn't feel like out of your comfort zone. Security, maybe, I suppose. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. And then... So you met you met this practitioner, this naturopath, and then yeah. um, that was a kind of like a fork in the road or, you know, foot in the sand or whatever, like you said. And, and you probably, you know, knowing how it works out there, you probably did you did you spend quite, you know, quite a bit of money letting this person analyze your lifestyle, your health. You stepped back, you looked at it. What what was that process like knowing that, you know, this is what you now do for other people, which you it love was, to do. But how, yes. how did that go? It was the first time somebody had ever sat and listened to me, right? So, you know, whenever you go to you go to a doctor and it's like, I've got a sore ear or I've got a sore throat. And, you know, we know they don't, they have limited time, right? And they can't spend the same amount. We're blessed that we can spend so much time with our clients. But this lady, I went in because I had really bad, really bad skin, um, hormonally driven, gut kind of it my 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 gut was never great but my skin was really bad um, and I think at the time it was my 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 gut was playing up and one of my friends in work had said to me why don't you go and see my naturopath and I was like what what's a naturopath she hadn't even really told me very much and I just went along and then she started asking me about you know what did I do for fun I went hm, I go to the gym she said, no no to relax I go to the gym you know, and she's like, well, you know, and she talk me through your days. We're talking through, you know, the two strong, I, I drunk coffee and I still drink coffee, but the coffees in Melbourne are just like rocket fuel. So I was having two a day and um, really pressurized, working long hours, putting loads of pressure on myself, exercising a lot. And she's like, so what do you do to wind down? And I, it was just like, you know, like it was, it, there was so many of those moments and I came away and thought, you know, am I really looking after myself? You know, am I really, you know, I eat well-ish, um, but I was never really paying attention to what I was doing as, as the end result. So it was, yeah. And then, then I started looking into courses um, and out there it was just, I would have been an international student and it was just far, far, far too expensive. And then Andy proposed to me around about the same time. We're like, well, what do we do? Do we get married and stay in Australia? Or do we go home and get married? And then I was given the name of the course at CNM by the naturopath because she knew somebody there. It all kind of fitted into place. It, it wasn't, and I was really lucky I had the support from, from my husband as well. Um, and he got a job then in London and then we 
got married in the south of Ireland and then moved straight to London and I started the course and that was it. Wow. When did you attend that college again? What what were the, what were the years that you were there? Yeah, you would, so it was still it was still in I was in there for a couple of years before it moved. So for the listeners, I'd studied at the same college when it moved over to King's Cross, but it used to be just off Great Titchfield Street, which for me Yeah, so that's where I was for the full time. Was was it Riding House yeah. or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It was a bit it was that, that area just for me there the coffee shops there, um how quiet it was at the weekend and you're kinda of yeah. second guessing, you think, Why am I here at nine AM? two weekends a month all day lectures but you you know you you go through it you pick up the things that, that are valuable and important to you from that course and and I got to know well, that area of London like-minded people Matt right so this is the first time I was mm-hmm. sitting with people who and becoming friends with people that were my people <laughs> again there's something that sounds quite cheesy but it really was like the conversations you were having and the depth of things and the passion and you know, and I don't know about you, but I remember sitting in the, one of the classes in, in Biomed and everybody was drinking their bone broth. And I'm like, whoa, this is weird, you know? Like, and then by, by the end of it, nobody was really drinking bone broth apart from a couple of people. And they're like, no, it's a bit more about balance. But you just go through all of that, don't you, whenever you're kind of learning something that you're so passionate about. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I was all in. I'd come from sports performance male driven dominated environment fitter faster stronger i was i think i was maybe one of two males i think i was probably the youngest in my cohort in that class at the time i think i did 2014 or 15 for three years in there anyway but yeah like you said it was always a looking across to see what people had for their snacks lunches i didn't even know what planet organic was and then people all started going there and taking me there and then you're spending all your money i was part-time personal trainer back there so you know I had expendable income and I was just buying all these health food products and doing all this stuff but you go into that situation with open arms and so wow so just to kind of summarize you were so came back from Melbourne obviously started practicing a bit more on the um I wouldn't say like recovery and kind of refilling the cup but I suppose it's stepping off the treadmill and thinking about how you can do things in your day that's not always exercise related to then help with that other side of um, the calming, the restoration. You started then studying, meeting these like-minded people, training to become a nutritional therapist. And when did you um, figure out the the type of people you wanted to work with? Or were you going to just cast your net as wide as you could, you know, graduate, get the qualification and open your doors to people all walks of life or did you know was there a light bulb moment in the course where you thought you know that area is the one I want to specialize in how did it work for you I was all always really fascinated by immune system and gut stuff and hormonal as well and to kind of go back to my story a wee bit as well so I part of what I the work that I did with the naturopath in Australia was coming off the pill because she had said to me as we know, you know, we don't really know what's going on in your body. You've been on the pill for 10 years. And I, again, this is the first time anybody had ever said anything like that to me. So I was on it for my skin. Um, I can't remember how old it was, but kind of maybe 15, 16 for, for my acne. Um, and this is a good 10 years later, nine, 10 years later. So I came off the pill 
I didn't get my period for, well, years. And in that time, so it was part of my discovery while I was learning was going to see naturopaths. I went to craniosacral therapist. I went to herbalist. I had sessions with Debbie Cotton. Did, did Debbie, was Debbie your lecturer at CNM or had she moved on at that stage? It rings a bell, but yeah, carry on. I'll, uh, I'll make so, a note and then I'll check. Yeah, no, she's, she's fab. So, um, yeah, so I, a huge part of kind of what is going on in my body. Why am I not getting my periods back? And so then, so that was always a big passion for me too, of, of kind of reproductive health, immune system and gut stuff. But to answer your question, no, I didn't know what I was going to specialise in because I was very much like, let's get through the course, let's see what the next step is and then let's deal with it. Um, now I am much more about the bigger picture and things, but still in the kind of middle term. So I never really plan too far ahead whenever I'm thinking about stuff to be to be, be able to be transient and move along with things, right? So no, I wasn't thinking that I'm going to specialise in that and that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then I moved back to Aberdeen, moved back up to Aberdeen. I'm going to jump a wee bit because this will talk about how I've kind of got into specialising now. I was really lucky then to get the job with Nuffield, um, which is obviously how you and I met. Um, and you know, there it was really broad spectrum. So, you know, we would see, you know, maybe in a day you might see somebody for um, blood sugar regulation and somebody for, you know, I want to lose three percent body fat and then you might see somebody who is chronically constipated and then you might see somebody who is trying to have a baby right all in one day right yeah so at that in that time so it was like five years I was there I didn't I I started to find my passion through there and um, but not certainly not straight away yeah it's important as a practitioner once you graduate and you cut your teeth and terms of delivering consults and, and, and repetition and obviously working in a well obviously Nuffield call themselves a charity but in terms of that fitness and clinical side you're getting that like wide variety of client base learning how to operate because I don't know about you but I'd say the majority of people I work with when I was at Nuffield they were one-offs even if mm-hmm. they bought packages I'd barely see them um, again, because it's just the corporate fast-paced nature, they take the walk. It wasn't encouraged, really. No, no. So you would do your best. And then, like you said, that wide net, and then you start to slowly think, actually, these are the cases and people I think I want to work with more, mm-hmm. or maybe I can offer more value there from that side of things. So I think it's a, it's a brilliant step, and I enjoyed my time there in that variety of cases. And working through, you know, and learning about how to become a more efficient, you know, um, better practitioner better operator and having that uh, side where you can you can speak to physiologists cbt therapists uh, personal trainers so yeah that was a you know that was certainly an interesting time for me and did that help you um consider about the the, the coaching side of things the the emotional health side of things because i know that you you've done further learning around around the counseling side of things too so where did that yeah. come into the picture so i think for me that was missing in the in the the delivery that I was giving to my clients at that time because of the fast paced nature of the sessions that we were having with people. So, you know, we somebody would come in and we would have that one hour consult and in that session I would then 
send them away with, right, I want you to eat more magnesium-rich foods, omega-rich foods, um, you know, exercise or walk for blah, blah, blah. You know, so my recommendations would be maybe one, two pages long, might give them a few handouts, um, might give them a few links to go away and go and look at stuff. But I was very much just handing them a toolkit without any support, really. Um, and certainly near the end of working at Nuffield, I kind of thought, well, am I really supporting them in the best way? And then I went and did a counselling skills course at Aberdeen Uni, which is a, a COSCA certified skills course, which I think then really brought it into to my mind that I, instead of me giving everybody my recommendations, I need to be better at meeting them where they are at and then supporting them along the journey. Um, so, and that's really where my business now is, is much longer term, person specific for the length of time that we work together, which we just weren't, we, we, we just didn't give that service at Nuffield. Um, so yeah. Of course. Kind of, of course, and that's yeah, that's your four. You've got four weeks um, of support, haven't you? You've got six weeks of support, and and then obviously people can continue to take that over time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's that it's finding that balance again. That obviously um, it sounds obvious and simple, but for some of the coaching tools, and I've got post its on my desk here that I always use when I'm working with people and things I say. You know, the end of a consult um, or a check in. You know, one one thing that they've done well, one thing they can work on. The three levels of why, you know, if someone was asking me something or sorry, if I was recommending something, it's like, why am I taking it um, or eating it? Why is it important and why or how will it help me? Um, and then that kind of I've got this other thing circled, like impatient with actions and patient with results. So these things and then you think, right, you know, coaching, bam, 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 bam. I'm going to give them this. Um, and then you learn to step back. Like I've been doing this for 10 years now. And, uh, you know, you've been obviously doing it for longer. And then you realise actually the listening side of things and not always telling. And it's great to have these resources and these tools. And, and I think they're brilliant. But you want to step back and understand where that person is at. Whereas you do get a bit wrapped up thinking, OK, they've, they've, they've paid me, they've, they've committed. I have to start ramming home value. Yeah. And actually, it's not necessarily about the information we're giving or the knowledge that we're giving. It's the, the support and the time that we're giving. So, you know, the end result might be, it might take them a month to get to what they're, where their goal is. It might take them six months, but it, that doesn't really matter, does it? You know, it's, and, and I think the, the model that I use now, and um, I do quite a bit of testing with, with my clients, that um, wasn't easy to do it in a field in that one session, really. Um, but now it's, and that's not right for everybody. Not everybody needs to see the what bacteria exactly they've got going on in their gut and what their levels of nutrients are. But some people really do need to see that to be able to put implement things into practice. And um, yeah, so it's but but look, I don't regret my time in that field at all. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, like you said, it's the experience gained, and then you've molded your own personal private practice. Use some of the learnings from there, and then you can you can uh, 
put a process together that, that has less challenges and barriers, like you said, when it comes to testing um, and seeing people over time, which is which is brilliant. So maybe we, we touch on that a little. It'll be interesting because, as you know, just, just because there is something there as a practitioner, does that mean you should use it? Context is key completely. But let's say you've got this individual where you think, okay, it's important to pull the lever down and utilize these tests. Um, I've touched on some in the past, but I've, I've probably got, well, I'm hoping I've got some new listeners to the show this year. So give give people a bit of an insight into some of these tests that you run. Obviously, you don't have to be um, client specific and go into any personal details, but what 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 goes on there and, and what's the kind of process behind some of that and some of the things that people can glean if that's an add-on to your, to your service? Well, now I really, see a lot of clients with um, gut gut symptoms and you know where my main client base at the minute is and we've, we've kind of not spoken about this yet but my main client base is people who have had a long history of kind of their 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 gut not being very happy but they have been pushing it to the back of their mind they've been busy they've got loads of other demands work demands family demands what whatever but it's it's creeped up to become worse or it's became a bigger part of their body or through what we've been through over the last couple of years i don't know if you're finding this but a lot of my clients are starting to to want to take control of their health and go well actually you know this constipation i've had for a long time or you know i'm not great whenever i eat certain foods or you know i feel really tired in the afternoon after eating heavy meals or whatever it looks like is starting to go hmm is this is this right should i should i be you know living with this and and where the the big one of the main tests that i do with clients is a, a functional stool test there's a couple that i would use but what they look at is what's going on in within the gut uh, the, the digestive system so the terrain um, and then I kind of describe it a bit like a balloon, really weird analogies, but my balloon analogy for the gut is, you know, what's going on inside the gut is the microbiome, obviously, but the enzymes, the bile, the stomach acid, the muco- and then we've got the lining of the balloon is kind of the mucosa lining. And um, so what, what we're doing whenever we're looking at those, whenever we do the still test is really getting a really good picture of what is going on. Um, in each part your own balloon because as we know everybody's digestive tract is going to be completely different but what the still is also the still tests also look at are are there kind of any fungal infections are there parasites is there any any kind of nasties in there nasties isn't the right word but you know something in there that we don't that, that is affecting the balance um within within the gut so if that's not right we will see maybe kind of sluggish digestive tracts really different finding it difficult to break food down properly um you know maybe undigested food in the stool flatulence bloating constipation diarrhea so kind of the the things where you know a lot of my clients have beforehand have gone to their gp to get and you know tried medication and had investigations and they're really just not getting to the bottom of what's going on but they just know it's just not right um, and the, the, that certainly that functional stool test is really good. Um, and then there's the 
there's another company that I use quite a lot. Um, I'm sure you won't mind me saying it. It's called Functional DX. Have you used Functional? You've used Functional DX, before, haven't you? Uh, no, no, I haven't. But yeah, Have you not keen to hear um, about. Um, they're fab. Um, but and they, it's blood tests, and that looks at, you know, we as nutritional therapists, we look at, at from the functional medicine point of view, our bodies as functional systems, and that blood test looks at. The different functional systems so it will look at your immune function your um nervous system and it's kind of how do we optimize the body how do we, you know and it breaks it down the report if you've not if you've not looked at kind of some of the sample reports some of the reports it's brilliant what it does and you you talk a lot about taking that that kind of wide view that's what those kind of tests really look at how can we optimize the body um, yeah, brilliant. So I use I use that in practice quite a lot. So. Wow, I think yeah, lifting the lid on the gut health side of things. That balloon analogy is perfect. I think you know I totally understood that, and I think the listeners will understand that as well. And it's something to take away with um, because if someone's look, looked at their food, written a food diary, maybe worked with a practitioner in the past or GP or something like that, and then yeah, they're just hitting a bit of a dead end. Then sometimes testing and not guessing, I'm a hundred percent for, especially with you know a, a conscious, um, you know ethic ethically practiced um, practitioner like yourself, and um, especially from that functional blood testing side of things, sounds um, really really interesting. And it just depends how you work, you know. I'm from my side, it's it's a lot more of a um, a body composition and fitness testing analysis side of things. You know, I work in a facility where. We'll look at lean mass, bone health, VO2 max, yeah. all those things, which is brilliant. And then you're looking then at what's going on under there. You're looking at uh, the the types of bacteria, the amount. Like you said, you're looking at levels of, of nutrients and, and things that are supporting daily life through all these different kinds of systems. So it just allows people to listen to this and understand where we're all placed as practitioners, mm-hmm. what we offer, touch points if it's a one-off around the how or if you're looking at supporting the why and more touch points over time packages and then these extras and what do they do and you know why are we using them we're not just using them because um you know they 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 make us more money certainly it's probably we spend more time doing a lot of these tests and following things up and it's you know it really probably isn't from a commercial point of view um and a time efficient point of view the best thing for us to do but we we want to play detective at times so they Mm -hmm. they can be obviously extremely useful tools um so i think one final thing because i've copped you for COVID, you know we're coming up to almost 35 minutes which is brilliant laura you're also a host of not one but two podcasts so can we can we hear a little bit about how how did you get into that? Are you a, are you a fan of podcast? Obviously, you know you're a brilliant guest so far, which well, is fantastic. I've, I've so. actually got you to thank for that. So one of our meetings in London it was maybe the first time I met you. I remember the second time I met you? You were like, oh yeah, I do podcasts. And I was like, wow, that's great. Like, and you were like, well, you should do one too. And I'm like, no, Matt, nobody wants to hear me. Like, nobody wants to hear me. And that was always my uh, kind of, I don't know, my dialogue in my head of like, what, I, what I've got to say is not important, you know? Nobody really wants to hear what, I want to say, what I've got to say. And then whenever I was doing the, um, my counselling course, um, we were 
we were we weren't working we um and it was an opportunity for me to kind of have a I said did the one with Claire so we, we did the first one around kind of emotional health and it was really just us having a chat and talking about what we were passionate about and um, from a counselling point of view as well as kind of lifestyle she used to be a personal trainer she does a lot of work with mental health within Aberdeen and um, so it was just fitted really well then we got really busy back to work but you know she's she's doing her diploma um in counselling and it just we just didn't have time to do it and then I realized in the last year how much I'd missed it um and you know just sitting having a chat with people who are have got a similar passion as you but from a from a different background you know and, and kind of you learn so much from having conversations with people like this don't you um, and then I got put in touch with Ben who we work with this state of quite a few of our clients overlap he's from local to me and um, he's a life coach and and is a personal trainer as well we just had a chat and he was really wanting to do start a podcast and I was like great let's do it um, so we don't know where it's going to take us. With the, the one that we're doing at the minute, um, we've called it Progress in Mind and Body. We're keeping it really short, kind of 15, 20 minutes. Um, but that we're, we're starting to bring people on as guests. So it's very, very early days. I don't think we'll manage to keep it to 20 minutes. Um, it's really, you know, how do you get in kind of deeper into stuff in 20 minutes? So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Fantastic, fantastic. So was it was it a bit of a leap then, do you think, to begin with? What what were your thoughts and feelings when you pressed record on episode one of um, What About You? Who wants to listen to me? You know, all that self-doubt, all of that. Um, I, and even at that stage, I was really bad. Not bad, but I, I had so many blocks at even posting on social media. You know, you know, when a lot of people at that stage, I followed a lot of other nutritional therapists, you know, a lot of kind of similar people to us. And I would see their posts and I would be like, oh, yeah, oh, great, that's really good. But there was something stopping me from putting stuff out. And I think it was because I was thinking that my audience, whatever that is, are going to be judging me from what I was going to say and then I took a huge step back and thought well actually you know what I've got to say I say to my clients on a daily basis this is just putting things out that a wider audience can listen to and if people have got judgment then that's fine because judgment is quite healthy (laughs) you know it makes us curious and so my whole mindset around it changed completely whenever I stopped whenever I started doing it, sorry, um, and find that I just really enjoyed it. That's excellent. You know, what a brilliant outcome. And like you said, you'll continue to build build that as you go and record more episodes. And it's, you know, in essence, as practitioners, if we're recording podcasts, speaking to guests, recounting on what we've done during the week, picked up tools and tactics from courses, it's, it's free information to people that want to listen to it. And if they want to criticise, let us know, you know, we can open up the dialogue. And the good thing is, if there's some crazies out there, you can block people. It's never had to happen to me, but, you know, it's fine. It's fine. But I think as well, we have to go against the grain and be be ourselves. You know, you can be this kind of perfect 
kind of pucker tea curated practitioner who's putting things up and sitting there looking lovely and talking about um you know perfect morning routines and all this crap but it's not real you have to be real and your audience will engage with that and you'll get business through the people that engage with you and um you know i think you have to we have to champion that as nutritional therapists and 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 i'm proud to work in that space and when people come in and they're like oh you know isn't that a bit of woo woo and things like that and i can have great open discussions with them and you know put put a kind of young male figure to that industry to show them that you know this this is a exciting um you know place to be and it's not all the cliche of um you know a kind of well from my side a, a female dominated not there's anything wrong with that but you know the the classic nutritional therapist that's probably seen in most people's minds and where they're placed and what they do and the affluence and all of the kind of expensive products you know it's not always like that is it yeah no and it doesn't need to be and it's normalizing it isn't it yeah you know and and that you know a lot of people think when they come to see us that we live this really healthy perfect life and eat kale all the time and you know and that's not the case you know and we also don't expect perfection from our clients either and you know i had this conversation with one of my clients the other day who i've just finished working with and she was giving my name to somebody and she said but it might it might take her a wee while to get in touch with you and because she thinks it's just going to be a really huge thing for her and she said, I've been trying to tell her that it's not, that actually part of what you do is making making it easy, taking the stress away from it. But isn't that the perception is that a nutritionist is going to do a massive overhaul in your diet and make you stop eating things and you know start making you eat things that you don't want to. So, some practitioners may work like that, but we don't. Um, and... Yeah, and and actually part of the, the what I find with the podcast and being more present within with social media is doesn't that get that message across that we are just normal people, you know, that like we don't put ourselves in any pedestal at all. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. That's one of the reasons why I do the show to push content out there because I I know myself I'm not going to write the next blog on ginger and the and the health benefits or i'm not going to be putting out these infographics like all these other practitioners do and they are brilliant and i tag people i work with in them all the time and i'm like use them but if you want to hear how i work what i do my mindset you know the people that i respect and follow like yourself you'll find it on on the pod you know you'll find what i'm like on the pod so same as you and uh, the collaboration side of things sounds fantastic with with Ben and I and, and I can't wait to get stuck into this. So how do people find out um you know more about it, keeping in touch with the the pod, the new episodes and things like that and what you're all up to? My the my Instagram account which is laura.lesley.nutrition is definitely the best place to find. Um I tend to post on there whenever we're putting new episodes and things out. Um something I do want to say as well it's kind of jumping a, a little bit away, but you know, I know you've got kind of student nutritional therapists that listen to the podcast as well. It's moving from working from a company to setting up my own business was the scariest thing that I've ever done. Um, and I, my, my thinking about it and really reflecting on it is working out what you enjoy the most and what you're good at. Like what you just said a minute ago, right? Like we're, I'm not great at writing all the really long blog posts, you know, short, sharp stuff, fine, speaking, um, um, I like to speak, 
Um, but I, the infographics and stuff, that's not my skill set, right? It's it's really working out what you're good at. I don't enjoy doing my accounts. Um, and even though I did a business management degree, my husband's like, for goodness sake, you did four years of a degree with accountancy as part of your degree. And, but I don't enjoy it, Matt, right? So what I found in the first year was uh, I was putting it to the side, putting it to the side, putting it to the side and doing stuff that I enjoy got myself an accountant right and the same with the like the different um kind of client portals and all the kind of management stuff that I now have yes I pay for but it makes my job easier so that I as more efficient that I can really focus on spending time with my clients because ultimately that's what I I get the most from so the the scary stuff the accountancy stuff, the setting up the business, the legal side of it, all of that, it isn't a barrier if you if you know how to kind of get around it or just take that leap. Hundred percent. I think that's a really valuable message and knowing what you're strong at and you want to spend more time on and then getting help. It's like that kind of classic I know Tim Ferriss obviously coined it with that four hour work week, you know, spending money on things that can give you more time. Um, but they're not easy steps to make. And I'm the same. I've been paying someone to help me with my account since I started in 2016 and probably paying more than I should. But I know it's all wrapped up and it's easy and I can send that over in a spreadsheet and it's done. And then same as you, you know, the insurance side, um, you know, getting the CPD sorted and all that. And then you come into a system and then stripping it back and thinking, what what shall I offer? So if there is someone listening to this that's that's new and you're deciding what to do, I do sell, you know, one-offs and, and you shouldn't feel bad if someone just wants to come in, use you as a soundboard, a bit of the how and and, and what. And because I specialise in sports nutrition, it will usually be around fueling if someone's entered an event. You might never see them again. You might get a review, whatever. Brilliant. And then you can move on. The people that will buy the ongoing stuff, they, they're paying for more of the touch points. So don't be afraid to charge more money for that. And, you know, sometimes, like I do everything remotely now, but for the odd time, I, I will travel to meet someone in person if I can make it work. And don't be afraid to charge more then. You're traveling, you're sitting across from the person. You might be working with them monthly or you might go and attend a retreat and, and go and work there or you might guest on a nutrition company's uh, website or things like that. And, you know, that time where you're really focusing on it, especially if it's in person, don't be afraid to to charge what you think is appropriate because it's uh, it's a big deal and and you know you're there sitting across from that person and especially if you're renting somewhere the overheads um you know you need to do it because we're all trying to make this work you know we're all so many of us are in it full time and as we get busier and busier we commit more times weekends evenings like i do a lot of my consults and things for my mac garden nutrition stuff in in, in evenings you know later because that's the kind of time i can fit them in i don't know about you laura like you must with a family you know i haven't even got children yet and hoping to so you must be like your schedule must be like out see everywhere and doing consults at strange times like how do you maybe we touch on that how do you do you book off certain slots and they're non-negotiable or will you bend around certain people how does it go i'm getting better so i've been forced this last month well, three weeks or so to only work one night because my husband's offshore. And um, so I've just opened my diary for a, a Wednesday night. My mother-in-law came to look after the girls. And it's been a really crazy Wednesday night. But before that, I was I had opened my diary for four nights and I was having people just dotted in. 
I was finishing nine o'clock every night. So I was starting the first thing in the morning and I've been really, and then this is a good thing, really, really lucky that I'm able to, I block my afternoons off so I can pick the girls up from school and then I start again after dinner. I was literally finishing at nine o'clock and like we mentioned at the start, like going to bed early. So I was finishing and then just, you know, having a cup of herbal tea and straight to bed. Um, and this last wee while has made me realise that I don't need to be doing every night, you know. So, you know, he's hopefully back soon. We're, I'm only going to open up two nights. And it's about boundaries. So it's working out, right, what works best for you. A lot of my clients do need evening appointments. So, you know, I will have to be working in the evenings. And I enjoy it. But I don't need to be doing it every night, you know. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just slowly refining, becoming more efficient. And obviously more through the door, more through the gate, you're building your business from the financial side, but then you're, you know, you're your biggest asset. You need to be on the money and, and, uh, obviously present, you will be present, but just physically, emotionally ready to put the work in and be able to, to, to do your best and not only bring around a plan, but sit and think and review. And, you know, I send times recording videos after consults and, you know, you can't be flat. And you can't half ass it, so you might triple your client base, but then what kind of product are you delivering? I know. Well, I've 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 also realised in the last couple of weeks as well that I'm going to put a limit on my um new clients to a certain amount a month because I haven't put a limit on, and I was just you know whenever I had that discovery call with people, you know, great, let's get signed up. When do you want to start? But because of the nature of the way that I'm working with the review sessions every two weeks. That was just building up and building up and building up. So I've now set a number. So like it's you know it's learning and, and actually taking those moments of right what what is going to work for me and be the best for the business. Um, and none of my clients hopefully would say that they were getting any less of a service from me or my time or my energy. But you know it's okay. It is okay. This is what I've had to learn. It's okay to say look. My, my my diary's actually filled for new consultations until the first of the month. That's okay, you know? Whereas for me, I was always, you know, certainly the last six months or so, worried about doing that because they would go elsewhere. Well, you know, that's okay. Of course. No, it's such an important message, such an important message. And look, you've been so brilliant with your time. You know, we're coming up to an, an yeah. hour, so I think I'm going to oh start... Goodness, no, it's brilliant. I love it. Like I can do whatever I want. It's my show. Um, <laughs> look, I think I've been thinking about how to round the podcast off and things this season. And people that are finding it, you know, the big feed up HQ side of things and the term. And it kind of started with me filming funny videos on, well, I think they're funny, but I don't know. People I might think they're funny too. <laughs> on Instagram. But yeah, it started with, you know, nutrition, movement, outdoor experience, big feed up HQ. Maybe it's that analogy for just uh you know eating well exercising trying to feel great so what what are you looking forward to this year how are you filling your cup in terms of the outdoor experience side of things in terms of the the nutrition side of things maybe like what what are you looking forward to what have you got planned are you experimenting with anything in the kitchen you know give me a couple of things i know it's on the spot but what's right. what's what's happening from that side or what, what are you right. planning so um i turn 40 this year i turn 40 in september um, so from an outdoor movement point of view, I um I'd always wanted to do a marathon before I was forty. I did my first one last year. I'm doing my second one now coming up. Um, so getting back into marathon training again, 
and um, may do another one at the other end of the year it depends how i get on in may and mm. um, and pushing myself from that really i that's a big thing for me is stepping out of my comfort zone with with long distance um yes so that's outside and movement stuff um in the kitchen oh i love i love cooking but i keep it really simple um i really enjoy cooking with my daughters um so and i've been pretty pretty bad at including them recently because life has been so busy so something i've had in my mind this year is incorporating it more with them um, and and getting them involved more again amazing good cooking with the children crushing two marathons building the business that's made no it's awesome one marathon definitely perhaps a second depending on how i get on in right. I heard two anyway in my head, but we'll, you know, we'll see. TBC are awesome. So, so laura.leslie.nutrition is the best way to find you. And then we've got obviously the legacy of what about you? You know, you're very modest, but that podcast is still available, isn't it? People can still find it. It is. And we will come back to it again because um, that kind of mental health, emotional health um, area, I know I've spoken a lot about kind of my, my clients with gut health, but the, um, my, I'm really passionate about what we can do from a lifestyle and a food point of view to support mental health. Good. Um, so Claire and I will come back to that again um, once she's finished her studies or has got a bit more time. So I kind of think we can do both. Yeah, yeah of course, she can pick it back up. Pause at the minute. Yeah, so the toolbox there, um, lovely people from the emotional health side of things with, with Laura and Claire for What About You? And then we've got this progress in mind and body with yourself and, and, and Ben and maybe I'll, I'll pop Ben's social details and things in social media details in the show he does a lot of mindset work so that's kind of coming in for the from my point of view from the kind of the nutrition lifestyle the science side of things and where kind of Ben comes in is the is the wise is the mindset work you know so um he's he's really experienced he's great wow wow good so yeah Laura's got you covered on both of those sides lovely people and um yeah if you're interested um obviously I know you offer discovery call you're very approachable on social media you're great in terms of your food and your outdoor exercise and things as well for people to follow and um so yeah in terms of taking on new business and clients are 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 you you know available for that kind of thing if people do want to reach out or are you um you know kind of topped up at the moment with the new new year and things where are things at january is now so but i've already started taking people booking people in for february and if there's any kind of student and young nutritionists or anything that wants to reach out to have a chat as well and um, i wish i had known more people to speak to whenever we were studying and um, so yeah um, i've spoken with quite a few people in the last six months that are doing various courses so i'm more than willing to speak to anybody um, Brilliant. in that area as well that's perfect yes yeah, so if you listen to listening to this um you know and that resonates with you then cash in your chips and speak to laura so brilliant lovely people it's awesome to be back for season four and keep in touch with laura um get in the kitchen get outdoors and i will speak to you soon check out 33 fuel as well natural and powerful sports nutrition products